0: Welcome to One of One, a new show from Sloika, the curated NFT photography marketplace. Each week, we bring you conversations with artists and personalities from the Web3 space. This is your host, Pam Voth. Welcome to One of One on Sloika, the curated NFT photography marketplace. Today, we'll meet Vieri Battazzini, mood king, black and white master, and fine art landscape photographer. He creates visual poetry through his masterful eye and the use of long exposure. He teaches landscape workshops around the world and offers gear reviews and education on his blog. Vieri is an OG in the NFT space. He's been minting photo NFTs since April, 2021. He was among the first photographers to mint on Sloika. In fact, his series, Life Behind, was minted the day before my very first day joining the Sloika team back in November, 2021. It's been a wild road since those days. Welcome, Vieri. Thank you for joining me.
1: Well, thank you very much. It's great to be here, Pam. How are you today?
0: I'm doing really good. I'm so happy that we have a chance to talk again. You are one of the very first artists I interviewed in Twitter spaces, and it's a, it was a thrill to talk with such a significant figure in this space as one of my very first duties as head of creator relations here at Sloika. And it, I know it's been a, a long time since we've talked, but what's new? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh well uh well you know, in the end of this space time yeah goes like ten times faster than in real life, so it feels like a decade ago since we last spoke uh yeah, so much has happened, and it's great to to be here and talk to you again um so yeah it's been it's been what over a year i think uh
0: yeah, yeah yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, So yes, a lot, a, lot, a lot happened, a lot has happened, yes. Uh,
0: yeah, and it, you are speaking the truth when you say things move so fast in the NFT space. Um, I, I'm always curious about how photographers found their start. Can you tell me how you became the fine art landscape photographer you are today?
1: Uh Yeah, well, in, it all started, well, I've been photographing all my life, but the uh, it all started in 2010. Uh, back then, I was already doing professional photographer um, part-time as a portrait photographer, of all things. I was photographing people. and uh, But in 2010, I took uh, a momentous holiday in the U.S., as it happens, in the Southwest USA. And I just fell in love with landscape, and I decided that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. And uh, I've been doing that since. So it's been... Twelve years and something and counting. Uh, <laughs> so basically, yes. Uh, I think um, no. Seriously, it's been uh, it's been a great ride, and I think the, uh, what turned me into into doing this is the relationship that we can have when we when we do photography um, with nature and with ourselves, because basically we are on our own. Um, I'm lucky enough to be always accompanied by my wife, who. Uh, follows me uh, everywhere we go, but other than that uh, the, the mm, sort of like commune with nature and the solitude and the, and the, and the fact that uh, basically uh, the size and the, the scope of nature um, really makes you feel uh, small and, and uh, sort of like relativize you know, our role as humans in in the, in the big scheme of things, right? Because we feel so powerful but in reality we are really not and i think that's sort of like put me in touch with my inner self and uh, um, that's why i kept doing it i guess because of uh, of the never-ending exploration of the world and of myself at the same time and that's a that's a pretty great thing that i managed to be able to to do that for the last Decade or more, in fact.
0: What part of the U.S. did you visit that made such an impact on you?
1: Well, it was the Southwest and the Death Valley. Um, in the Southwest, you know, it was my first serious landscape photography trip. So I went to all the iconic places, you know, Monument Valley and the Grand Canyon and you know, Price Canyon and Zion and uh, Canyon de where the Petrified Forest, and the little Painted Desert, and uh, and then we went to Sedona, and we did a little bit tour around there, and for a month we stayed on the road, and uh, pretty much I never left. (laughs) I stayed in nature since, basically.
0: (laughs) That's good. That's a good place to stay. You hit all of the iconic places. I can see why those made an impact on you. I see you call yourself Mood King. Where did that name come from?
1: (laughs) It's uh, probably because of uh, a reflection uh, in retrospect on the last uh, pretty much seven, eight years of my photography, which have been dedicated uh, to black and white and to this sort of like dark, moody. Uh, exploration of uh, nature and soul that I've been, uh, that I've been doing. Uh, obviously, I do also color work. I love colors, and I do that to promote my my workshop. I do that for editorial to sell images and so on. But yeah, my heart is in the black and white, and in that sort of moody and moodiness, and therefore, yeah. I think that if you look at my black and white work, it's always sort of uh, moody and gloomy (laughs) and dark. (laughs) And I'm everything but, by the way. (laughs) But yeah, for some reason, that's uh, probably part of my soul that I can access only with my art and not when I'm in real life, I guess, (laughs) which is probably for the better for people around me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's really great. So, how important is it to keep learning?
1: Well, that's fundamental for me. Um, I think the day I hope I'm still learning and still improving and still growing. And I think uh, the day I'll stop doing that is probably the day I'm going to be brain dead, if not really dead. But uh, I, I I hope I'll never, ever stop being curious and learning. And, uh... and NFT, by the way, has been a great motivator for this because it's such a steep learning curve and steep motivational path, you know, so it's been great to be dabbling with that for the last year and a half or two years. Yeah,
0: Yeah, you're not kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I, I know you teach a lot of workshops and you help other people, you know, learn and, and find their creativity. How would you say you keep your own self moving forward creatively?
1: For me, teaching is always a two-way lane. As It's not a one-way uh, lane. So it's not me on the pedestal you know, showing people the way or something. For me, teaching is a more a matter of sharing knowledge. When when I'm in the field, yeah, my workshops are very small. I have a group of only three people. And that's great because it allows us to really talk and chat and have a, a lot of one-on-one conversations. And I feel that by helping people solving photographical problems technical problems artistic problems and compositional problems and light and post-processing and all those kind of problems that we all have that's a great way for me to keep fresh and keep learning because yeah, i'm always faced with new challenges and new uh, questions that i have to provide Meaningful answers to, and that keeps me on my toes basically. And also in the field, I'm not the kind of tutor that brings you to some place and tells you, "Okay, this is where you put your tripod, and this is the photo you got to take." So we basically go somewhere, and uh, I'll I'll share uh, the location with with uh, with my people that I carry that I carry there. But uh, after that is basically I try to approach everything as new every time and uh, with them. And that's uh, for me, is incredibly inspiring and, and motivational. So I think uh, that is a big part of what uh, keeps me also creatively active because I always have to provide answers. And the other thing is I always try and uh, cut some time for myself. So if I have a workshop, I go like three days before and uh, I'll explore a little bit more or something. And this year I've scheduled four months on my own uh, always with my wife as they have misfortune of accompany mm-hmm. me everywhere. And so we're going to go on and visit countries and locations that we have never been before. And it's just us, no workshop. So we're going to go to Australia, New Zealand and Easter Island and then the Oregon coast. And I'm so looking forward to that. And yeah, traveling, is, I think, is probably the thing that keeps me more curious and creative artistically.
0: Those are some really great locations. What, what do you hope to find there? Like, do you do a lot of research before you go traveling to these places, or do you kind of want to show up and, and see it with fresh eyes? Um, a
1: little bit of both, actually, because um, my wife is pretty much in charge of all the pre travel, pre trip. Uh, preparations and uh, so for instance, I'll, I see photos of some place and I'll send it to her and I'll tell her, okay, let's see if we have something else around this place that we can go for you know? and and so she starts looking at Google Maps and uh, yeah, satellite maps and see if she can find like something that looks like a rock in the sea that I might be enjoying photographing or a waterfall or something like that and then uh, we put together a trip but uh, I pretty much have... I have some ideas of what to expect, but I don't want to go and look at other photos of places because I don't want to get influenced. And uh, I don't want to get, even if subconsciously, uh, I don't want to run the risk of going there and trying to to do photos that I've uh, seen rather than creating my own, if you know what I mean, right? So I'm just... Trying to know as little as possible, and we go there, and then I'll just play it by ear and, and enjoy and, and see what I can find.
0: That sounds fantastic. It sounds like you have a very good partner in your wife <laughs> that she um, enjoys and also, you know, facilitates the the creative outlet that you have through photography. I, it sounds like a really good match.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm I'm really lucky. I couldn't do this without her. She's uh, she's fundamental for me.
0: That's so great. So you've been in NFTs for quite a while. Um, can you take us back to those days when you first began minting your photography on the blockchain?
1: I started being getting interested in NFT, I think it was the end of 2020. And it took me a few months to, to you know, figure this thing out or semi-figure this thing out because I don't think <laughs> I actually have. But yeah, um, I've started knowing I heard first heard about nft probably in November or december twenty twenty and then it took me a little while to uh, start navigating this thing and in April, I finally minted my first nfts and it's been a wild wild ride uh, from there yeah. <laughs> it's been's it's been great.
0: it has been a wild ride <laughs> what what would you say would be some advice if you if you knew a photographer who was thinking about getting into the NFTs, what would be some advice you would share with them?
1: Well, I'm not sure I'm qualified to offer advice, but uh, probably the, the main thing that I would recommend is to um, spend some time just uh, exploring the community and, um, and learning uh, how to uh, you know, move around the community and uh, the ethos of the community, which is very different than any other space or communities. That uh, I've been before, and then and I see still online when I go to like photography forums or some places like that. I think the space is, is truly unique in the in the way you forge relationships with people and and with between artists fundamentally for me, and uh, between artists and collectors, which is also obviously uh, fundamental. And uh, so I would recommend to not jump in with their with their both feet. Uh, with feet, but just you know, take their time and and uh, go slow and try to, to understand and and the second thing probably would be to find the work that truly defines them or the field that truly defines them and go for it and and meet that kind of that work and just go for it because not trying to. Uh, sort of like understand what sells or what doesn't sell, and who sells and why they sell. I think that's uh, that's yeah, it's good education and it's good learning. But I think artistically, probably the best advice would be just be yourself and trust your art and and go for it. It doesn't have to sell on day one because that's not going to happen. Or if it does, wonderful. But uh, be be prepared for a steep learning curve.
0: That's really good advice. I I, I really I really appreciate you sharing that. It, speaking of the relationships with collectors that, that artists can find in the NFT space. Was there ever a collector that really made a significant difference to you on your NFT journey? Can you, can you think back to any that was a very special connection or someone who did something special?
1: <laughs> uh, I think there are two things that are very important for me in, the, in my path uh, in NFT. The first thing is uh, I've been very lucky to come in when I did. Because in 2021, in early 2021, there were many uh, less artists and photographers and also a little less collectors, but especially much uh, much less artists. And collectors had more time for uh, um, messaging and talking and chatting. So I've been lucky in that respect. And um, I don't know which collector, because you know, every collector had, even people that like, collected one addition for a very small ETH has been very important for me. And uh, when you talk about this, people always think, oh, okay, the collector, that bought five of your pieces, one ones and you know, for a lot of ETH is the more important. Well, that is important, obviously. But for me, the human relationship that I can uh, build with collectors is important, even more than, than the ETH, because I believe that we are here to forge a long-term relationship uh, between us, between artist and artist, and between artists and collectors, and to change the world, <laughs> pretty much uh, the word of art and and uh, and how art is uh, created, marketed, and enjoyed and and passed on down in generations. So uh, even for me, uh, collectors that maybe just bought an edition or bought nothing yet, but with whom I I do uh, have a great relationship, those are very important to me. And uh, and plus. Uh, Obviously, all the big ones that that supported me at the very beginning. Uh, these are fundamental for me. Guy Norcal is fundamental. He had he had been incredibly supportive of my art over the years. These have been very supportive of my art over the years. They both supported pretty much everything that I did. And uh, James and Dove has been very important for me, and, and uh, Voe has been uh, very important for me. And uh, there are so many. Uh, Dancing has been important. Well, yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna be bad to those that I'm not mentioning because there are so so many. I think we are very privileged to to have met each other in between all the artists and collectors, and it's a history we are making history.
0: Yeah, I would say so. And you were you were talking about the changes in the way art is collected, you know, with this advent of Web three and NFTs. What would you say is the most important aspect for artists to consider? You know, with this new way of art being enjoyed and collected,
1: the answer is the one-on-one relationship between artists and collectors, which is unparalleled, and yeah, you know, it doesn't exist in real life since the times of Picasso and his own you know, people around him. But you know, to forge this kind of relationships in real in real life, and I've been selling prints for years, so I have a collector's base in real life that that bought my physical prints before NFTs, but yeah, then sheer numbers and the access to people living everywhere in the world, its a, it makes a huge difference. So I think this this is the the number one relationship. I've never been uh, trusting galleries in, in my in real life, print sales and so on. I always went for a one-on-one um, relationship. So in that respect, I think that I've been Sort of like living uh, in the same atmosphere, except, you know, it took me ages to to connect uh, uh, with with somebody in, in, in real life. Uh, whereas in the NFT, there is this amazing space and community where you can pretty much meet all sorts of people from everywhere. And they are all so enthusiastic and, and so innovative and so, you know amazingly active and, and that's something that in real life is very very difficult and i think that's the the big change and also i'm i've been very lucky to be born in italy it's it's a great place for art and so on and so forth but nft uh, put me in touch with artists from everywhere in the world and people that i didn't know they existed and creating art that they didn't know could be created you know so even for somebody living in europe or in italy this has been like a revelation in terms of the amount of art and creativity and uh, power uh, that there is out there. I think that's the main difference for me.
0: That's really inspirational. Speaking of Italy, I wanted to talk with you about your series on Sloika because it's a very special series. It's quite different from other work that you've minted as NFTs, but I understand it is a... um, a very special take on a city in Italy. Could you tell us a little bit about life behind that you have on Soika? Uh,
1: life behind, yes, is very different from uh, everything that I've been minting, especially lately. It's been the last series that I've minted in color. After that, I've been dedicating myself to, to my black and white mostly. And uh, yes, is a series that has been created in Burano, which is a very small island uh, of Venice. That series is a memorial series. So every image is dedicated to a person that was important in my life and I loved and I lost either ahead of their time, sadly, or due to old age. I decided that uh, to represent these people, I used the concept of those windows and decaying uh, walls. And basically, uh, every uh, every one of these images Is dedicated and uh, it's an homage to to this person and every image has a story behind and there is actually a short story that comes with the nfts on sloika as well for people that are have the patience to to open and and read when i decided to to create this homage to to those people i also decided that uh, the profits from this series uh, should go back into the community so basically I reinvested, I sold 12 out of 24 so far, and I reinvested every penny into buying NFTs and supporting other artists, other photographers, and that's what I'm going to do with the series. And uh, the aim would be to uh, create, when it's sold out, hopefully at some point, to create a little gallery with all the art that I bought. Uh, with. Uh, the pro- profits from this series and then um, I always put the art that I buy back for sale uh, not because I don't like it but because of two things one is freeing ETH to support more artists and two, get the original artist a little royalties so um, I will create this gallery and everything was going to be for sale and the money of those sales is going to be uh, reinvested in more purchases so the plan would be to Expand this gallery endlessly, hopefully, because I never sell uh, art that I bought for under what I bought them. So I always resell things for more because uh, I don't think is is good for me to do otherwise. And luckily, I don't need the so I, I don't I don't need to sell uh, at a loss. So I want to support artists, and I don't want uh, to lower the floor or anything. I just want to uh, to support them this way. And um, so that's um, a concept between life behind and um, oh, f- about people that that have uh, been important meyama mat has been fundamental for life behind eBo three out of the of the series for instance i forgot to mention him before but there are so many people that have been incredibly supportive in my journey
0: mm. it sounds like you're taking that that baton and continuing the support of the community through through projects like this and i think that's just so fantastic it's it's really a great representation and demonstration about what can be done in with nfts and, and in the whole web3 space it's fantastic
1: Well, oh, thank you very much I, I wish i could do more but yeah everything and anything i think helps so
0: one thing i noticed as i was kind of reviewing things before our chat today i looked back at life behind on Sloika and i just thought you did such a fantastic job using the ability to include properties for each one of those images I, you know it was such an it was such an early time to, to look at that series, but I thought you did a fantastic job. you like, some of them have a chimney, some of them have a, you know, the door or the window. It might be open. It might be closed. You know, I, I just, what, what was it like to create each one of those pieces? Cause like you said, there is a, a special little story that goes with each one of those images and, the the metaphor is there, um, that personal touch is there. But I just I thought you using the properties was so well done.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Uh, that was great for Slovakia to offer that back in the day. I I, I don't want to say that maybe OpenSea offered that, but other than that, sloka was one of the first uh marketplace is offering that so i thought it was a great uh, great feature to have and i uh, leveraged to sort of like uh, divide i understand it's a small collection it's twenty four pieces so you don't really it's not like a eight thousand thing that you have to you know uh, all these characteristics and so on and so forth but i thought it was it was good because uh for me when i created the photos uh it it made a difference that the windows were closed or opened and the uh, and, uh, there was a chimney or not a chimney for some reason uh, for, or, or another. You know, depending on the people that is associated to, to the image. So I thought it was a great idea to to add that to the images as well. And also they've all been shot with a, a lens wide open, so to give the sense of uh, sharpness, but uh, not uh, clinical sharpness, if that makes any sense. Sort of like memories, you know, because being dedicated to people that are no longer with us. Uh, I do remember them all, but yeah, it, it's uh, sort of like bittersweet when that happens because you're not sure whether the faces that you remember are, are the actual faces or just yeah, your own image that that is being modified by by time and, and, and by absence. So I thought that the, using some sort of like um, uh, photographic device to, to show that was good. So I used this like a Noctilux lens, which is... Uh, Sort of very sharp in the, in the in the middle of the frame, but f one the depth of field is so thin that even like the textures on the wall sort of like give this idea of in focus and out of focus. That sense of depth is is even more present, so it sort of like changes the uh, the feel that each image has, and it's something subtle that you cannot grasp.
0: Mm. On one hand, I want to say congratulations for such a beautiful and beautifully thought out series and on another hand i want to say condolences for these 24 people that meant so much in your life that of course they meant so much that that you're offering this tribute that is now available perpetually on the blockchain so i think that's a beautiful story and i love the creative decisions you made
1: oh thank you very much uh yeah it's uh, well death is a fact of life you know if you think about it it's uh it's surrounding us every day. And and I'm not talking about war. I mean, it's just talking about every day. And I'm over 50, and the older you get, the more people you lose. You know, What I'm most sad about is those people in the series that have been taken way, way, way too early, either because of you know, road accidents or substance abuse, or you know, some took their own lives, and it's... A, that has been very, very sad, but uh, it's a fact of life. And uh, this way they're going to be remembered forever. And for me, that's the most important part of the of the series.
0: Yes, and I remember it's a gotcha series too, isn't it? So when people are in tune with what the purpose is for this series, when they choose to collect from it, they're going to get a randomized piece. So um, they'll have that chance to, to meet the person through your work.
1: Yeah, I I decided at some point to remove the gacha and let people choose uh, the stories that they connected uh, more with. Uh, it makes sense both ways to me. Uh one as you said, you just don't know what you're going to get and that's it. But also uh the fact that if you are if you take the time to read the stories and it's actually Miyamomatsu who uh, in a way suggested me that because one of the stories was in, uh, rem- reminiscent for him of a person that he loved and lost and was it told me was exactly describing her. And so uh, he asked me if he could get that particular one on sea rather than on Sloka because he really wanted to get that one. And I said, of course, yes. How could I say no, right? So on the other hand, I thought, well, that's uh, that makes sense, you know, because these stories may not just be important for me, but somebody else could, uh, resonate with some traits or characters that uh, that remind them of some people that were important for them. So why depriving them for, of the possibility to choose, basically? So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it works kind of both ways. I think.
0: Yeah, I think it does. And that's kind of the beauty also with the way Soika gives the artist an opportunity to have a listing that lasts for a certain period of time. And then when that expires, they have a chance to review that and decide what what steps to take there. So I, it's all good. And I'm really glad that both ways worked for you. <laughs> That's really great. I know you've got some great travel coming up and maybe some workshops and other things coming up, but what should people be looking out for from you as far as the work that you'll release either in NFTs or in, the, in traditional ways? What, what's in your future?
1: 2023 is going to be a crazy year. Um, I, I prepared a roadmap that I sent out for the moment only to collectors in the DMs uh, to get a feel from them um, about it. But um, 2023 is going to see the release of two series that have been uh, already prepared in black and white, and then there's going to be additions. And there are going to be uh, six images each on this series and they're going to be released one by one over the, along the year. Pretty much one month, but in the second part of the year, in twenty twenty, uh, in August twenty twenty three, we're gonna take off for this trip, and there is gonna be microblogging, micro NFTing along the way, and also there is gonna be a collection that. Um, or various collections that are going to be created out of this trip. And they're going to be offered in a way sort of like, which is going to be pretty much the theme of 2023 in general. So they're going to be collection with placeholders. And you can get a placeholder now for a lower uh, amount of heat. And then you're going to be able to choose the work that's going to replace the placeholder uh, when the time comes and so on and so forth. So it's going to be interesting to see how it's this is gonna be accepted by the community or not, and uh, so, but and the works that I'm gonna create in 2023 are gonna be minted obviously in 2024 because I'm gonna be back in mid December, so I don't think I'm gonna be able to do a lot of minting. So this is why I organized the, the year for 2023 with the work that is already in my in my portfolio, and the new one is gonna be for 2024. And uh, but but there is gonna be micro blogging along the way, but done with NFT. NFTs, they're going to be either sold for a very, very little amount of ETH, but they're going to be sort of like, I don't want to say daily, but kind of uh, following me during during the trip and us during the trip. So they're going to be sort of like uh, a good memory for people to have and uh, and, uh, and for me to sort of like immortalize mm-hmm. the blockchain. This, which is going to be uh, probably a unique trip that I'm not going to be able to repeat uh, yeah, So it's going to be the trip of life. I'm very happy that I can be putting that on blockchain as well, if I can make that happen.
0: That sounds very innovative. I love that. I love that idea. That's what's so exciting about this whole space is I've seen so many artists think about these very innovative ways to release their work on the blockchain. And this is, this is one I haven't heard before, and I'm very excited. I'm going to keep a close eye on you, Vieri. <laughs>
1: oh, man. <laughs> now the pressure is on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much for, for joining me and sharing your insight into NFTs and, and what connects you to your, your own creative photography. I, I, I just really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much.
1: I know. Thank you for having me. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you again after such a long time and then uh, see you're thriving with Sloika and it's great. And maybe who knows one of those things that happens in the future can be happening on Sloika if you guys are willing to have me. We'll see what happens.
0: Well, you know where we are. (laughs) We would love to to have anything to do with anything you do. So thank you so much, Gary.
1: That's much appreciated. Thank you. Thank you.